the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's certainly good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see all these faces that we haven't seen in a long time. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Uh, you may be seated just for a few minutes. Um, most of the faces I recognize, but it's certainly good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. I, I pray, I want you to know we're not having Sunday school today because of this special service. The basement is all set up for, um, to have lunch. And um, so, but we do have Sunday school every Sunday. So I just wanted to let you know that there is no Sunday school today, but I would like to really thank I'd like to really thank everyone that has worked since Monday of uh, this week to get the church looking pretty out front. Uh, Brother and Sister McCauley worked on the, uh, the plants and all of our mulching over here uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Then uh, I think we took, well, Wednesday we had off because it was a major storm. And then we came in Thursday night. I, I, I want to thank uh, the Contreras family, uh, Brother Ricky, Sister... Uh, Jennifer and Brother Milton um, and Brother and Sister Britt who came in and helped us mop, clean up, tighten up the chairs, tighten up the tables. Uh, I thank you. And then, amen. And then uh, yesterday was a phenomenal day of labor here between the grass being cut and trimmed and more mulch being put down and um, windows being cleaned and dusted everything being dusted i, I would it, i don't have every name but i just want to thank everyone that came out and has helped all week long thank you so much you deserve a hand clap i i, I feel like and this is not a please don't take this as a uh, derogatory or negative remark but i feel like i got more than one wife now um Every time I went to try to pick something up, someone was screaming or going, no, don't do that. And so y'all have been very kind to watch out for me and my back. And I thank you for that. I thank you. But let me say this. I, I, I truly want to say it's great to see everyone here today um, with us. But if you would stand with me, Sound Booth, I'm throwing a, a curveball at you because I'm adding a scripture that God just laid in my spirit uh, in Jeremiah it's going to be Jeremiah 2. I'm going to at least read uh, 1 through. Probably 8, I think. But just bear with me. I had asked the church to really pray for me. I wanted to really preach what I always want to preach what God wants me to preach. But. Um, you know, I want to make sure there's no human, humanistic thought in this from me. I wanted nothing but the spiritual direction of God in this message. And so he, he just dropped this other scripture in my spirit to this morning. And so the Bible says in Jeremiah 2, 1, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, 
Now, you know, Jeremiah is a weeping prophet. He was concerned about the people of Israel. He was concerned. And it says, wow, I'm going to read it from my book because that one I can't read. Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine uh, espousals, when thou went after me in the wilderness in the in a land that was not sown Israel was holiness unto the Lord and the fruits first fruits of his increase all that devour him shall offend evil shall come upon them saith the Lord Israel uh, hear ye the word of the Lord O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel thus saith the Lord what iniquity have your fathers found in me that they are gone afar from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain. Neither said they were in the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, though a land or through a land of the drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and were no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land or defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law knew me not. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after their own things that do not profit. Turn with me to Jeremiah 3, 21 through 23. Jeremiah again says in 21, a voice was heard from the high places, weeping supplication of the children of Israel for they have perverted their way and they have forgotten the Lord their God return ye backslidden children see Jeremiah is talking to the children of Israel he's trying to prepare them and remind them of some things amen he's trying to bring them back to the place of honoring who the Lord is and so truly verse 23 it says uh, truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is salvation of Israel. If you could bow your heads, I'm going to preach on this thought. Forgotten, but not gone. Forgotten, but not gone. Father, I pray for the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost to flow. I pray that you give me direction to continue to flow in what you've given me, Lord God. I pray, God, that your word will flow into our hearts, O oh God. Lord, and do a work in us, O oh God, that you will lift up a standard, O oh God, that your spirit will minister to every heart, that we will see victory, that we will see healing, we will see deliverance, that we will see miracles, signs, and wonders, O oh God. For this is your kingdom, Lord God. This is your word. I want to see miracles today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. And as Brother Johnson said, let's give the Lord a hand clap one more time. For he is worthy. Forgotten but not gone. All right. Forgotten but not gone. 
Though we may forget God in our, in our day-to-day activities, He has never gone. I remember in the days of uh, when I was, it was BC in my life and I don't know why God ever showed up in any of my situations, but God would show up and I, I'm grateful for that. I, I didn't deserve God to show up, but God would show up and move and intervene in situations and I'm grateful for that. But there, there, there are some things that God was never in my activities until I really needed him. You... Right. I know no one else has ever been there, but, uh, you know, there were some things that I was doing and only when I needed him did I want to call on him. Amen. And so he, he awaits for forgiveness or with judgment. The choice is ours. I talked last week. I preached on a choice. Amen. We all have a choice to serve him. We all have a, a choice to seek the face of God. In Jeremiah, in the Amplified Version of 321, it says, A voice is heard on the barren heights, the weeping and pleading of the children of Israel, because they have lost their way. They have deliberately forgotten the Lord, their God. Listen, memory. I'm finding that the... the that there, are, that your body is important. My sister's knee been replaced. This is the third time. If my fourth time, the other three were failures, and now she's got a prosthesis in her leg. Never did she think that she would ever have a situation of trying to readapt to walk with this knee little bit did I know that I'd be dealing with back problems again knowing how much we need a back to stand straight up but the mind the mind is something that is very important there is a day that I may lose my mind there's a day that I might go off and I not remember everything. I'm, I, I mean, there are times that I forget some things, but there are some things that the memory that we need to hold on in the memory. We need to hold on to our mind. Amen. We need to speak the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. We need to hold the Word of God. Amen. Because there's some days that are going to come that my memory is going to fail me. Amen. Because sometimes my memory is fickle. Yours might be powerful and mighty, but mine is fickle. It is an easy thing to forget where we place our car keys in our wallet. Each day we live some fragment of childhood memory. And we remember childhood and then we lose things and then we remember childhood, but we can't remember what we did the last 15 minutes. Strong memories can last a lifetime. Memories associated with emotion can become very strong and can last a lifetime. Many elders can remember where they were when they heard of the Kennedy assassination of Pearl Harbor or end of Pearl Harbor or Pearl Harbor. Young folks can remember where they were when they saw the flaming horror of the Twin Towers on 9-11. Those who have been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name can likely, maybe, remember where it happened and how how it happened 
because of the incredible attachment to the inflow and the outflow of the Holy Ghost, the infilling and the outflowing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In July 17th, July 17th, 1983, Tom Watson shot a 275 at a Royal Burtondale in the 112th British Golf Open. Beth Daniel won the LPGA, that's a ladies' golf tournament, McDonald's Kids Classic. June 26th in 1983, Showboat was at the Eurus in theater in the theater of New York after its 73 performances. Aoka Amoto won the LPGA Rochester Golf International. You say, why are you bringing these out? Because they're things of the past. They're memories, right? We can remember some things. But there's some things that are very important to remember. In my walk with God. Maybe you can remember when you were baptized. Even as wonderful and powerful as the experience with God was, sometimes we forget when we were baptized. We forget when we were filled with the Holy Ghost. We forget the blessings of God. We forget the miracles of God. We forget the deliverances of God. We forget when He showed up in a right, on a right time. Amen. When we needed Him. Amen. We forget that He was there when I was broken. We forget that He was there when my mind was twisted. We forget that He showed up in the midst of a storm when I didn't have nobody else to show up for me but God. But God, and he showed up. I'm here to tell you, God brings victory. God will bring peace. For about 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. They forgot God, but not just in the book of Judges. We find this this theme throughout the word of God. Even the prophets that we read today, Jeremiah tells them that they had forgotten their God. Israel had forgotten their God. The church is warned not to forget your God. Peter writes to the church reminding them of God's blessings, his impact and his influence in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 12. The Bible goes like this. I wrote it in the New King James Version. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers. I am thankful that I can be a partaker of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm thankful that we can have worship service and I can feel the presence of God. I need the presence of God. I don't want to forget going through a dry time and a dry spell. I've been through those days, but I want to feel the presence of God. When I feel the presence of God, there's peace. No matter what the storm is, there's peace. When I'm in the presence of God, there is no fear. 
When I can walk in the power and the glory of God, I don't fear no evil. But let me wander away. Let me forget about his promises. Let me forget about the glory. Let me forget about his goodness. And all of a sudden, fear is everywhere. I have no more joy. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. I want to be a, continue to be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world. Verse 5 says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Our world has lost love. Anytime a baby can be shot and a bullet grazed that baby's head, it grieves me that people could care that less to drive by and just randomly fire. It grieves me enough that they would even fire at someone, but just to drive by and just shoot and could have taken that baby. I think it was two years old in D.C. Verse 7 says, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8 says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lack these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, as, as forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. To make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied and abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, verse 12 says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and care established in the present truth. I want you to look at what he, what he mentions. He says virtue, glory, promise, divine nature, escape from corruption, faith, knowledge, godliness, kindness, charity. But then he goes on to talk about the heart of the matter. He goes to 2 Peter 1, 9 through 11 and says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten. Look, the church cannot forget the goodness of God. The church cannot forget where God has brought the church. Amen. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the church. Yeah. The church, this is just a fellowship place, but the church is you and I that walk around professing Christ. We cannot forget the goodness of God. We cannot forget where God brought us from. We cannot forget where God raised us up from. We can't forget the bills that God blessed us with being paid. We can't forget when we were healed. I can't forget when I had a dire need of God, though I wanted him right at that very moment. 
He didn't show up. But in the very near future, that prayer was answered. I haven't forgotten. I talked to you many times. I've told you about the, the, uh, the, the uh, memorials that I have, the rocks that have things that God has done for me. You know why I do that? So I don't forget. It's easy to forget about miracles. It's easy to forget about things God did for you. It's easy to forget about uh, the things that you have been given that you just automatically think that you got. That really God gave you. I shouldn't be walking before you right now. My sister Stephanie shouldn't be walking before you today. I'm still believing that my brother's coming up out of that wheelchair in Jesus' name. I'm still believing that Symphony will be healed in Jesus' name. Why? Because I see God as a healer. I see God as a deliverer. I see God as a way maker. I see God as a healer. See, God is able to raise people up that have walked away from God. The prodigals are coming back in Jesus' name. God has given us that. He's promised that. The prodigals are coming back. Lost husbands are coming back. Lost wives are coming back in Jesus' name. I'm holding on to the promises. I haven't forgot about the promise. I'm not forgetting about the promise. I'm yet holding on because I believe he's coming. And I believe the miracles are coming. I believe his prophecy is coming to be told truthful in Jesus' name. I believe we'll see your brother saved. I believe we'll see your family saved. I don't care what kind of background they got. I don't care what kind of lifestyle they're living right now. God already told me the prodigals are coming back. I don't care what they look like now in the natural. I already see what they look like in the spiritual. They're already teaching the word of God. They're already preaching the word of God. They're already singing the word of God. They're already playing for the word of God. They're already walking in the word of God. They're already being missionaries in the word of God. They're already being sound booth operators in the Lord. They're already doing the work. Right now, you can't see them in the spirit, but they're here. Uh, matter of fact, right now, they're walking around the sanctuary with their hands raised up. They've got, they're calling down fire from heaven. They believe what I'm preaching. They just haven't come full forth yet. They know God is coming. They know the Holy Ghost is here. They know there's victory here. They know there's victory here. They know, they know, they know, they know. The Bible says, wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. We don't have time to play church. The signs are, the Bible says, as you see these signs, rewards, rumors of wars. You know, we say, oh, that was going on when I was a little boy. That's right. I can say that because that's what I said. Uh, I remember, I remember being in a church and being a little kid sitting on a pew. 
That man right there preaching that wars and rumors of wars and Jesus is coming. And I said, ah, God ain't coming back yet. I waited to see. God didn't come back. But I'm telling you right now. He's closer to coming back now than he was when I was a little boy. He is setting some things in line. You can't tell me things that are going on in this world are not a, not a stench in his nostrils. God is coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. And if God's people forget about the glory and the power and the anointing, you okay, of the Holy Ghost. And we forget about what he's doing. I can't. Too many souls. Just too many souls that need to be saved. Too many souls. I don't want to see them go to hell. My Bible tells me what hell is like. Hell is a place of national teeth. There is no time of relaxation. You are not comfortable in hell. You're not. You're going to be running to and fro trying to find something to quench that thirst. The Bible said you'd be tormented. I don't want to know it. Not even my enemy. I don't want my enemy to go there. I'm praying for my enemy. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my loved ones. I'm praying for the body of Christ. I'm praying for the church. Hell is real. Heaven is real. We ought to want people to go to heaven more than we want them to go to hell. I don't know why God seemed fit to even allow me to even preach the word of God. Because I remember in the day, I'd tell you where to go there. I'd tell you to go there. As bad as that place is, I'd tell you where a heart's wax cold. Where a heart don't care. But then God gave me a fleshly heart through the Holy Ghost. I don't want nobody to go to hell. I don't want to lose nobody to Satan. I don't want to see Satan take nobody's life. What happens when you forget church is a chore church becomes a chore right come on and we skip it outreach is difficult so we keep our mouth shut we look at sin and compromise as nothing we start thinking that living for god is more trouble than it's worth why because we've forgotten We've forgotten about the goodness of God. We've forgotten about the presence of God. We've forgotten when you begin to pray and His Spirit come into the room and the power of God begin to minister to you. And though you may not hear the voice, the still small voice of the Lord, you open your Bible and all of a sudden the Word, He gives you a Word that tells you, I got this. I'm going to walk you through this valley. You're not alone. It might look like death, but I'm with you every step of the way. You're not going to go this path by yourself. You're not going to go this way without me. I'm walking with you. Because we haven't been keeping our relationship with God fresh and anew. It's because the only prayer we do is at dinner time at the table. Because the rituals that we do. We traded pursuit of God for pursuit of things of this world. Deuteronomy 32, 15 through 18 says, But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which 
made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Verse 16 said, they provoked him to jealousy and strange gods with abominations. Provoked they him to anger. Verse 17, they satisfied uh, a sacrifice unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not. The new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not. 18 says, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God and formed thee. Let me tell you what I believe. God's people must continually look to the rock. There's only one rock. The rock of my salvation. The rock of my Lord and my Savior. The Word and the Holy Ghost is my rock. God's people must continually look to the rock. The world wants you to think that God becomes irrelevant. I remember the song. I go to the rock. Where can I turn? When there's no one else I can turn to. Who am I going to talk to when nobody wants to listen? Who am I going to lean on where there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know that's able to go because I know I can go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. The earth all around me is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. When I needed a shelter, when I needed a friend, I went to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. Oh, where can I hide till the storms have passed over? Where am I going to run to when those winds of sorrow threaten? Is there a refuge in those times of tribulation? When my soul needs a consolation, I go, I go. to the rock. I go. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I'm going to the rock of my salvation. I'm going to stand on the rock of my salvation. I once picked up a history book when I was at Borders, and it was a timeline book. So I thought I'd per, you know, peruse through it and see the contents in it, you know, thinking that I would see Moses, the birth of Jesus, and something about the crucifixion, not a mention of any of those things. The book was an unbashed attempt to write God out of history. This foolish author had forgotten God and what, and what God had created so that history could actually happen. The nation, this nation has forgotten God. And wants you to do the same. This world has forgotten God and wants us to do the same and be, and be in misery, and misery loves company. If you want to fit in with the world, you're headed down the path of misery. If you want to walk the broad way the, and, and the rest, with the rest of the world, walking with them, walking in a direction that you have forgotten, God has said, no, that's not my way. But I think I'm talking to some people who would rather suffer affliction 
with the people of God than to suffer affliction with the world. I pray I do. I pray there's some people in here that haven't forgot their God. I pray there's some people in here that love their God more than they love this world. I pray that there's people in here that love God more than they love this. All right. I believe we'd rather have him with us in the valley of the shadow of death than to walk the mountaintops and walk mountaintops with him than to walk in the valley of death without him. It is time to remember. It is time to remember our God today. Because though he be forgotten, he is not gone. He's not gone. When I was a child, my mom would say, my mom would tell me, actually she said, ignore the bullies. They'll go away. That philosophy really didn't work. I wish it had them. But bullies don't just go away. Bullies keep coming. Bullies keep bothering you. They keep trying to cause you to be in bondage and fear. Bullies would walk the street, the, 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 uh, the hallways. I remember three bullies got me in the locker room and beat the living mess out of me. I mean, beat me good, beat me good. I was bleeding from the inner ear. I was, ble- I was bleeding, looked pretty good. They called my father, my father came in. They wanted me to press charges on them. They wanted us to get them expelled. My dad looked at me and he said, what do you want to do? He said, I'm not running no more. I said, I'll get them on my own. He said, I can't fight them all together, but one-on-one, I got a chance. One-on-one, I got a chance. I took and got all three of them by themselves. And I served up what they were waiting on. I let them know this old boy wasn't a little punk no more. And forgive that vernacular, but I let him know they weren't fooling with some sissy anymore. They weren't going to chase me around and scare me no more. I came back with vengeance. And let me tell you who the bully is in the church. Satan. He running high behind you, constantly telling you, you got this and, and you got that and you can't be this and you can't be that and you'll never make it and you're a loser and you'll never serve God and you'll always be a forgetter of what God's done. But I've come to tell you, you better bow up in the back, in your backbone and throw some arms up and some fists up and tell Satan, Satan, get thee behind me because I'm about to serve up a good whooping on you with the word of God, with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm serving you notice today. This is not your home. I'm not afraid of you. I'll walk in your valley. I'm not afraid of death. anymore. I done ran all my life. I already lived the life of the sinner. I've had a better life since I've been serving God. Walking the streets, witnessing, talking about the goodness of God, 
Raising my hands and serving the Lord, preaching the gospel. God been too good to me. Someone said something to me about, oh, I wish I could have this and I could have that. I said, I don't need nothing. God done gave me everything that I could ever have, that I would ever want. I got a wife that I don't deserve. I got two, I got four children that I don't deserve. I got six grandchildren that I don't deserve. And I don't know how many adopted grandchildren I got now, but I've got a rock for every one of their names because God gave them to me. I'm letting him know if it weren't for you, God, I wouldn't have them in my life. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't have my wife in my life. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't be sitting here with a mind to be able to talk to you about the goodness of God and the way the Lord is able to deliver, the way the Lord is able to heal. That bully the devil, that bully the devil just want to get up and eat your lunch. Sometimes you have to stir him up. In Jesus' name. I'd have Jesus back then. I probably would have handled that a little different, but maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, bullying is going to be around. Bullying didn't just start in schools. Bullying started with Satan. Why do you think he took so many out of heaven? He bullied them because they, they, were, they just don't know what they messed out on when he took them with him. He, he wanted them to worship him. Matter of fact, I bet he, I, well, I'm not a better, let me rephrase that. I, I would imagine with my mind, let me just say what I say. I'm imagining with my mind, Lucifer said, you go on me. He looked at Lucifer and he said, and he looked at Jesus and he looked at Lucifer. Lucifer said, don't you be looking over there. You're going to go with me. You better go with me. You don't go with me, I'm going to hurt you. You think he can hurt you? Wait till I get a hold of you. Right? Bullying. Bullying. All up in their face. I'm just surmising. No scripture about that. But look at all of them that lost out. Now they, they're the little imps. They're the little imps that run around with Lucifer bullying you and I. Look, I had COVID before this back went out. You don't think, and I know people think I'm a little over spiritual, but I feel like the devil has been trying to attack me. I feel like the devil has been trying to, he almost tried to take my wife out in May with COVID. I stayed with her 14 days, never wore a mask, never got COVID. Come back here. Come back here and somehow COVID found me. Didn't even know I had it because I had no symptoms. I had a head cold. That was the only symptom I had. I had no cough. I have fever. Okay. I went and swabbed myself because my wife's like, oh, I bet you got COVID. I don't have COVID. I feel good. I'm not weak. I'm not tired. I'm not... I'm ready to whip the world, right? Swab, negative. I said, it's negative. She said, go get a PCR test. Okay. 
I go get the PCR test. I haven't came back positive. Quarantine. Not more than a week and a half later, my back. I could. I mean, if you just saw me two weeks ago, this is the way I was walking. <laughs> a week and a half ago. Anybody saw me at National Night Out, this is the way I was walking. So to be walking like this, let me talk to you about the goodness of God. I haven't forgotten my Lord. I didn't turn my back on him when it was this. I said, I kept praying. I touched my back. In the name of Jesus, I pray for divine healing. In the name of Jesus. It was all the way down in my leg. I said, God, I, I, there's so much pain. I just need divine healing. Lord, I need you. I need touch from you. I need touch. Thank God for men and women that, that, that helped me out around here. But the bottom line is I, I wasn't going to turn my back. I haven't forgotten that my God is able to heal. I haven't forgotten that my God is able to deliver. I haven't forgotten what God gave me. I haven't forgotten how God has touched my family. I haven't forgotten how God has put people back into my life that I don't deserve. Don't forget what God has done. But God doesn't work always in the ways that we want him to work. While God is by no means a bully, he will not just disappear. He will not just ignore judgment. His word will not just cease to not be in effect. In every case, when Israel forgot God, he was still there. And he had to allow affliction to happen to the, his people. Numbers 32, 12 through 14 says, Save Caleb, the son of Jephaniah, the Ken, Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. For they have wholly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel and had made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until all the generation had, that had died or done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. Verse 14 said, And behold, ye are a risen up, or behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of simple men to argument Yet the fierce anger. You see, what had happened was they had let sin come into camp. And they had forgotten all the things that God had done for them. The children had forgotten the blessings of the Lord. You know, God provided for them. God made a way for them in a way, right? He made a way. He was taking care of them. And then they just forgot. So God was angry. He said, okay, you don't want to honor me. You don't want to love me. I'll let you wander. You just wander. Until you die off, then I'll bring my generation out that will serve me. I'll bring a generation up that will live for me. I'll bring a generation that will profess my name. I'll bring a generation that believes in healing. I'll bring a generation that believes in deliverance. I'll bring a generation that will preach the gospel. I'll bring a generation up that will stand for oneness of God. Yes, yes. He called to them through the words of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 3, 22 through 23. He said, return ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Behold, we come unto thee, thou, that thou art the Lord our God. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of the mountains. When God's people remember God's presence... 
It's something beautiful. Deuteronomy 31 through 4 says, And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessings or blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord. He's saying, here's what he's saying. He's saying that when things start to come together, you're going to start to remember. I'm going to let your memory come back. <laughs> you may have forgotten me, but I never left you. You may have forgotten, children of Israel, you may have forgotten me. You may have had to just wander till you died off. But there's going to come a moment and a time that you're going to need. You're going to come and see me. And memory's going to kick right back in. Memory's going to snap back on. It's almost going to be like a film played backwards on you. And you're going to go, oh my goodness. I remember the days that the Lord was good to me. I remember the days that God healed my body. I remember the days that he healed my body. I remember the days that the Holy Ghost was striving in me. The Bible says, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee. This day thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul that then the Lord thy God will turn the captivity and have compassion. Have compassion upon thee and, and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outermost parts of heaven, from thence will I, will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. God gathers us when we remember. God gathers us when we remember. No matter how far away, no matter how far you've driven, no matter how far, when, you bring it, when God brings us together, we remember things. No matter how far we've gone in the world, when we come back together, we remember the good things of God. He is here to touch us today. He's here to touch and revive us today. He is here to remind us that we are to serve Him. He is here to renew our, the power of the Holy Ghost in us. He is here today to call the cold heart to be warm again, to feel the power and the glory of the God, to be fervent. Remember today, in the first week of July 2011, reports of a discovery of a poverty-filled South uh, India crossed the newswire. I'm, I'm closing. The vaults of the the Pamandi Wasami Temple were opened after 130 years. The temple records the temp, temple records mention the treasure and its existence as known to the locals. However, no one knew the, the, its true size. The preliminary inventory of the temple treasure may have had King Solomon and the Knights Temple Templar and Indiana Jones is rolling their eyes in wonder over a ton of gold. Listen, over a ton of gold, sacks of diamonds and precious stones, gold necklaces over three meters long and weighing over 2.5 kilograms, gold crowns, thousands of pieces of antique jewelry, idols and artifacts studied with, are studded with diamonds and emeralds. The initial estimate placed the value of treasure at 22 billion United States dollars, which makes this little more 
little known temple, the richest place of religion in the world. It easily displaces the Vatican estimated to own about 15 billion in wealth. Its nearest competitor, antique collectors valuation of the fine to the confirmed. Watch what they found. The Supreme Court could be over $100 billion. The staggering treasure had been basically forgotten while children in the region starved to death. Still staggering mountain, still there was a staggering mountain of riches gathering dust right under their feet. So I liken that to this. If you'll allow me to talk about the greatest treasure we could ever have. The greatest treasure you could have ever had was to have been filled with the Holy Ghost. The greatest treasure that you could ever have is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Greater than all the synagogues, greater than all the temples, greater than all the money and gold. The greatest thing that you and I could have is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the greatest treasure anyone could ever experience today. If we will remember our God, His riches will be open to us. Hungry, they will be fed. Naked, they will be clothed. Without hope, He will rescue them. Empty, He will fill you. Lost, He will find you. Troubled, you can have peace of mind. I stand with Peter today who said that he would not cease to put you in remembrance in 2 Peter 1.12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. I stand today with Peter to continue to bring you back to remembrance. As a shepherd, it's my job to make you remember or help you remember what God has done for you. Help you to remember the Holy Ghost, which is the best treasure, greatest treasure you could ever have. Maybe you haven't received the Holy Ghost, don't know what I'm talking about. The Bible says in Acts 2.38, Peter said unto them, this is after they had crucified their Messiah. He said unto them to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 says that this is a promise. How many of you know when when a real dad, a real father makes a promise, he don't break it? I don't care what time of night it is. If I make a promise to somebody, I'm going to try to keep it. Our father made a promise through the word. Through the word, he said, I'm going to deliver. He said, this promise is unto you and to your children. Now your children may not be here, so he said, okay. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 40 said, and with many other words did he testify and exhort them saying, be saved from this what? And they gladly received it. 
We are in the last days. As a man of God, I would not be doing my job if I wasn't warning you of the last days. This may have not been the message you were looking for, but I'm bringing you back to remembrance. I'm going to bring you back to remembrance because I, I remember when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I know right where I was sitting when the Lord dealt with me. It was right where Brother Darrell was sitting and the Lord spoke through a man of God and said, you had not forgiven yourselves and until you forgive yourself, you won't be what I've called you to be. When you look at a drug addict and a drug dealer and a, a um, alcoholic that I was, I've been delivered of all that, but I'd never been filled with the Holy Ghost. When you look at a man that had walked away from his wife and his two children at that time, there was something in my mind that would not let me forgive myself, and that was the bully. Satan said, there's no way God would ever allow you in his presence. You're unworthy. You don't deserve what you have. You nasty self. You don't belong even in this church. And the man of God said, God just told me you haven't asked, you haven't forgiven yourself. He's already forgiven you. When you receive that, he'll use you. A little bit, I know that night that when he filled me, that was the night he filled me with the Holy Ghost. I ran to the altar and that was the night that God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I don't forget, I can't forget that. Because that was not, and then, and then um, almost, uh, and see then, y'all then never knew until if you were sitting under me in about seven years ago, I guess it's been about seven years ago, because I'll hit 60 this year. No, it would be five years that God dealt with me. The reason the drugs and the alcohol and the problem of being faithful to someone, I was molested and raped at the age of 10. So I, did, I used the drugs to heal my pain, or at least I thought it was, you know, it was kind of numbing it. It was kind of, it kind of, you know, touched, just did some things, right? And so, um, you know, until five years ago, I couldn't talk about it. Matter of fact, I didn't even tell you, I wouldn't tell nobody I'd ever, my wife didn't even know until five years ago after the Lord dealt with me. I had a man come in and preach to our hyphen. All our hyphen were here. I just came to support. He started talking about something that you had hidden and buried so deep in your heart that you had already forgotten about it. That you couldn't even relate to it anymore. I sat there. I've been to shame conferences. I said, that's not me. Talking about being raped. He started done burying that box. He began to peel away layers of heart. When he got to the where the thing was buried, God said, now I've got it. I began to weep. I didn't know why I was crying. I really didn't. I didn't know why, but I, I, I knew he was dealing with me. I went to the altar. Immediately I began to pray. And he's like, man, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. God is dealing with me. And I can't tell you yet, but God's dealing with me. I mean, I wept and I wept and I wept. And all of a sudden, it was like God just, it was almost like he lifted the dirtiness right off me. 
I blame myself for being raped. I had blamed myself for being in the wrong place. I blame myself for letting it happen. I blame myself for who I was hanging out with. And it was like all of a sudden he took the filthiness. Just took it away. The shame took it away. I went home. I went home immediately. I went home. I went home. I said, Tammy, I said, baby, I got to talk to you. And every time I'd start to talk, I'd begin to break down. I said, honey, something happened a long time ago and I've never told you, I've never told anybody, but I was raped. Crying, she held me, prayed for me. Called my children in, all my children, that be biological or not. And I said, I need to tell you what's happened to me. Happened, you know, it, it happened to me at age 10. My daughter said, from going to being a psychologist, she said, now I know why you wouldn't let me wrestle. My boys couldn't wrestle. My daughter couldn't wrestle. As soon as I seen them down on the ground wrestling, it was immediate. Get up. Stop. That's how I got. That's how it happened to me. She goes, now I understand why, you know, things were coming to her. My wife said, now I understand why you could not be faithful to me. I understand why the drugs, I understand all the things that were going on in your life. I understand. The hardest thing was to go to mom and dad. I think I tried six times to tell my mom and dad I had them at the dinner, sat down at the dinner table. Six times I said, well, the fifth time, the sixth time is when I was able to finally tell them what had happened and they had blamed themselves it's not your fault it's not their fault stand with me please His father used to go to my wife's office because I told her who it was. His father would come in and get his teeth done. Made my wife angry. I said, you can't be angry. God will forgive them, they ask. I said, I have forgiven them. God has helped me to forgive them and now I'm praying for their soul. Mom and dad said, let's go after them. There's no statute of limitation. And I said, no. If they'll ask God to forgive them, they'll be forgiven. I don't want vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. No one can get vengeance like Jesus. Come to you today and I tell you, I have not forgotten my God. If you have forgotten, I want you to know he's not gone. If you've forgotten how God is, God's still good. He hasn't left you. No matter where he's, where you've sat him, no matter whether he's sitting on the bookshelf, whether he's sitting on the counter, uh, whether he's sitting on a dining room table, wherever you've left him, God's still there. And he is not gone. What's going to happen is, is I'm trying to bring us back to remembrance of the goodness of God. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think on the good things of God. 
I, I could think of some bad things, but I want you to think on some good things. I want you to think about the things that God has brought you through. I want you to think about some things that God has done for a, a, a spouse or, or a child or, or healed one. Or, or you've seen God do something in your home. I want you to just start remembering some things. I don't care if it's been a year ago that you last remember God doing something in your home. I want you to get your mind on God and remember the goodness of God. Maybe it was when you were praying for me and God showed up in your room and began to talk to you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you're just something. I want you to think on the good thing. I want you to remember something that God has done. All of us have something that's bad's happened. I'm not, I'm not going to I, I, I'm telling you right now, I know something bad has happened to all of us somewhere along the way. But I want you to know, with God, Amen. Ah, Amen. He's going to bring us through it. Amen. He's going to bring us through it. We're not going through it alone. So don't forget every time he's been there. In the dark times and in the quiet times when, when you needed him just at that moment and all of a sudden you felt his arms just wrap around you. I remember Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I remember the good Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Remember. He's saying, remember. He's saying, remember. Don't forget, there have been some quiet times. I haven't forgot you. He said, don't forget that I love you. Don't forget, because I know who you are. I remember you, and I have not left. I've not left you. I'm not going. I'm still here. I'm walking the aisles right now, and I'm ministering to you. I'm calling you out. I'm, I'm letting you know. There may have been some times you've forgotten to call out my name, but I'm still here. In closing, I'm done. I'm done. I'm opening the altar. If you want to come to the altar, you're welcome to come. But don't forget. Don't forget where God and what God has done. Don't forget some miracles that God has dropped in your life. There's some things miracles there's things that are going on and I'm, I'm 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 just trying to get you to remember some things do not forget the good things of god i know it might look bleak i know there's some things that might not look right Da 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 da
Shanda. That's it, that's it.
from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name is your faithfulness to me God of Abraham you're the God of covenant and faithful promises time and time again you have proven you'll do just what you say though the storms may come and the winds may blow out remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to pass great is your faithfulness 